Whether we like it or not, there is no escaping it. Social media is here to stay. It is part of our life today. And while we may all know how to use one or more of the big ones, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, social media management is on another level altogether. It is part of an entire ecosystem that supports social media with a variety of different roles and jobs to be had. My name's Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode 186. Hello, hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me here on Second Breaks, a show where we talk about the many different ways we can thrive in our careers, no matter if it's our second, third, or fourth one. This is the second episode of season four, and in the series of episodes, we are exploring new jobs that have become real opportunities in the last few years or in the last decade. These are roles that were made possible by advanced technologies or are now needed because of the changing marketplace. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at the exciting world of social media. Did you know Social media created so many new jobs since it became mainstream. And I'm not just talking about jobs inside companies like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. There is an entire ecosystem of jobs that supports social media. So many jobs are now needed and are flourishing because social media exists. Today and the next week, we are exploring just two of those new roles. First up, we're looking into social media management. Social media managers earn on average $51,000. For example, the Walt Disney Company reportedly pays an average of 65k for this job title, Microsoft 56k, and NBC Universal 70k. Now, those numbers come from payscale.com. And so they've aggregated and averaged the job listings for entry-level social media manager positions. If you would like to have more control over who you work with or what you focus on, you can pursue social media management as a freelancer. For instance, you can specialize in a particular social media platform or a particular industry. And the more specialized you can become, the higher your ability to command higher fees as well. In this episode, we are exploring social media management with help from social media strategist Andrea Jones. Andrea helps businesses and podcasters build profitable online communities through simple social media solutions. She hosts the Savvy Social Podcast and is the creator of the Savvy Social School, a digital platform designed to teach its members how to implement organic social media strategies. In the first part of our conversation, Andrea and I talked about the basics of social media management, what it is, why it's become such a critical task for companies and brands, and what the work is all about. Andrea shared her own career journey from the time that she got started in social media management as an employee, then as a freelancer, and eventually as the owner of a full-service social media agency. Towards the end of our chat, we discussed the different roles inside her agency, and Andrea shared some advice for anyone who might be considering social media as a potential career move. So that's what's coming up. But first... Inside Briefing Notes, the 34th edition is a longevity issue, and we are exploring the topic of unretirement. 
Now, this is a trend that's been growing long before 2020, led by baby boomers who realized that the traditional view of retired life isn't for them after all, and have therefore returned to work. Not necessarily for the extra money, but because they missed the challenges, they missed the accomplishments, and the collegiality that work brings. On the heels of the baby boomers, Gen Xers are now paying attention to this trend because many are seeing their retirement plans in jeopardy due to the financial crisis. And in fact, many have fallen behind on their retirement savings even before this crisis began. Now, while there are many ways to get back on track of our retirement plans, the main question really is whether we'd want to retire. Yes, we may want to do something different from what we're doing now, but do we want to completely stop working? That is the question, isn't it? So let me just highlight three things inside this week's newsletter. Thing number one, what is the ideal age to retire according to one newer scientist anyway? Because this is the question, right? When do we retire? Should we retire? Will retirement lead to unhappiness? These are the questions to be answered. Thing number two, what it means to diversify our income and how to do it. Because no matter where we are in our careers or how long we've been in a company, losing our job is always a possibility with full-time employment. And thing number three, should we go back to school during the recession? And this is a question to answer because economic downturns have historically been a popular time to further our education. The answer to the question is naturally, it depends. If you want to dig in further inside briefing notes this week, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash archive. The latest edition is always at the very top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe for free to get the briefing notes in your inbox every Sunday. Okay, so we all know what social media is. Most of us use at least one of the big ones, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. We know what they are. We know generally how to use them. But social media management for companies and brands is at a different level altogether. Andrea and I started our conversation around what social media management is all about and why it has become an important task for businesses and brands. And social media is a relatively new phenomenon in our world, if we think about it. You know, it didn't exist 20 years ago. <laughs> so um, managing social media kind of um, evolved from this uh, need and idea that businesses and entrepreneurs are now going to use the power of social connection to market to their potential audiences. And so that's where this kind of role is birthed is when folks who need this done, they don't want to do it themselves, end up hiring someone else to do it. Um, so social media management at its core is just someone um, being the kind of first line of contact for a direct connection to consumers. When it's the social media management of a big brand or of a big company, is it normally part of the company's marketing department? Is that usually where it's housed? Yes, yes. 
typically in the marketing department, there, depending on the business, there's lots of overlap with customer service, um, especially for like e-commerce brands and things like that, where, um, or telecom where people may have issues and report things through like a Facebook message or they may tweet out their kind of dislike for something. So there's some overlap with customer service, but typically it's in the marketing department. That's a good point because, um, there, there are in fact social media accounts that are more, um, shall we say evangelizing the brand, talking about the brand, talking about the products, talking about the culture. But then there are social media accounts that are more like customer, sort of customer management, customer service kind of thing, right? And so sometimes it's in-house in large companies, for example. And then you're saying that sometimes they outsource that to companies like yours, yeah, absolutely. So companies like mine, you know, I started off as a freelancer um, doing this and it kind of evolved into an agency. Uh, but oftentimes we're working with those smaller companies or those companies who, you know, they don't necessarily want to hire a whole person in-house to do this one thing. They maybe just need someone to to help out with uh, on a smaller scale. Um, and so that's where my company comes in or where freelancers come in is that there's an opportunity because this work can be done virtually anywhere. <laughs> there's an opportunity for another company to come in and help out some of those businesses. I, I consider it along the same lines as like, hiring a bookkeeper like sometimes some companies hire an in-house one and they have like the you know CFO type role and some hires just hire uh, some companies just hire a company to do it for them maybe this is a dumb question and um you know lots of people use their social media accounts as a as a user right so they post all kinds of things on Facebook and they post all kinds of things on Instagram or whatever but when you're a brand or when you're a company there has to be more thought around what you're posting. So it's not just post whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. There, There is a strategic side to it. So I think sometimes as as companies, we, we come up to this idea of social media and we think it's like a billboard and we're just going to like put out our message and, you know, everyone will see it. Right. And, um, you know, people will just like flock to us and buy our things. Um, but social media is social. And so there is a component of kind of, integrating into the space. Um, and if you want to relate it to, um, you know, other things in the industry, I would say this is similar to like product placement on a television show. There's a difference between like a commercial, like seeing a commercial for a product and, you know, just seeing a product integrated into the show. And so as, yeah, as a marketer, as a social media marketer, I'm looking at my client's brands and trying to figure out how can we, integrate your message, your marketing into the Facebook feed? Like what are people already seeing in their Facebook feed or their Instagram feed? So it's part of the experience and it's not interruptive like a commercial is. Right. And so, and for example, um, one of the companies that I follow is my previous employer, which is a consulting company, consulting firm. And some of their social media accounts are very much focused on the culture, like the this employee, they're not actually talking about their product or the services they offer. They're talking about their staff or the experiences of the staff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of a phenomenon that's new as well. I relate it to like the reality TV idea as well, where 
you know, we want to see behind the scenes. Um, we like supporting and purchasing from companies that we actually feel like we have a connection to. We feel like we know what their team is like. We know what their values are. And social media is a great medium to showcase that. On that note, I had written, read an article that said that in comparison to, say, uh, ads on TV, right? So it's a commercial on TV. Um, it's almost impossible to, the, to figure out the ROI for those commercials. I guess the article that I was reading was saying how in social media, you're supposed to be able to, uh, see the ROI, uh, if you compare it to say a billboard or like a commercial on TV. Is that, is, did I understand that correctly? Yeah. So there are elements of that with paid advertising specifically. So I'm talking about like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, even Google ads and those sorts of things. Um, you can directly say, you know, I put $10 into a Facebook ad and I saw $50 at the end of the month. Um, you can get that granular with advertising. Um, the difference I would say is that it, it's who can invest is, is what's really the difference. So when we're talking about, you know, like television ads or billboards, it's typically like large companies investing quite a lot into it. They have a lot of runway um, and there's not a lot of competition because they're, they're, they're the big guys in the, in the, they're big players in the game. Whereas with Facebook ads, anybody can do a Facebook ad for any amount of money, basically. So the competition is very high. And I do think that because um, there's a lot of success with Facebook ads, um, businesses getting into it now can fall into the trap of, you know, I put $100 into a Facebook ad and I didn't sell a single thing um, and then just shut it down and not try it again. Um, so there's that component of it in that Facebook ads and Instagram ads and things are complex um, and you absolutely can see an ROI, but it takes time, especially if you're introducing new products into the world. Um, the, the other side of it is the less tangible side, which is the community building side of social media. And that is hard to prove. It's hard to prove the value of having a community behind you. Um, and so oftentimes, you know, things that I'm talking with my clients about and with my students about is um, showcasing um, kind of like the assist. I don't know a lot of sports, but I, I think there's an assist and like somebody passes you the ball, you shoot. OK, <laughs> um, so with social media, I can kind of show how social media assists someone in the sale. Um so for instance, um, if you're a new business and someone goes and searches for you on Facebook and they don't find you, they may wonder if you're a legitimate business or not. So there's no way to track that, but it's a question that you have to think about as you're creating your business. Or um, if someone purchases a product and they go to Instagram to share it out and they can't find you to tag you, um, that could be a red flag, or you could just be losing out on getting positive feedback about a product that you sold. Um, and so there's some of those intangible kind of <laughs> investments that come from social media that I'm constantly speaking to as well, uh, because for the most part for my business, up until this year, I did not play in the paid advertising space. I was 
primarily organic social media, so not paid, community building and content creation. Um, and so there's still a lot of value in that, but you kind of have to show how it relates directly to the goals of the business. And I was um, trying to, to think about my own behavior. Nowadays, like, whether it's a magazine, a product, a service, like I go to Facebook, I go to Instagram, I look for them there, right? And so, and if I don't find them, it's almost like, why are they not there? So it's almost like, a, um, uh, I don't know if it's an expectation, I guess, as, as consumers now, that we would find them there and we would see something else about their company or their business in those forums or in those platforms. So, um, but the funny thing is 15 years ago, I don't think that's how I purchased stuff or that's not how I, <laughs> I related to these brands. That's not what I was doing. Yeah. It's wild to think too, like 15 years ago, I would have never imagined ordering this much stuff online, like, <laughs> like without seeing it, without touching it. I just, go to like Amazon and order something. And, you know, so that it's like the shift in not just social media, but the online world in general. Um, and so as businesses, you kind of have to keep up with that a little bit. Otherwise, it, it's going to be a missed opportunity. <laughs> Today, Andrea runs a full service social media management agency, but she got started in this space while she was still an employee at Marriott. I landed in this role early on, uh, earlier in my career. I worked in hospitality. I worked at the Marriott as a manager of a spa. And they needed someone to manage the hotel's social media accounts. Um, they were thinking about bringing in this agency. And they were like, why don't we keep it in-house? And so it kind of naturally evolved uh, at that time is like, we just started a Facebook page and we need someone to post pictures of like the spa and the restaurant and our sales and the things that are happening here at the hotel. So were you very much into social media at that point? Were you a heavy user at that point? Like what, what were your initial thoughts around what the work was going to be about? Yeah, I was like, I personally enjoyed social media. I started uh, in social media back when Harry Potter was just <laughs> up and coming, I think around book four or five. And I was, you know, finding people to discuss the book online. And that's how I got started in the online space. I started a blog, I started a YouTube channel. And this was back when YouTube was like, way not cool. Like my in real life <laughs> friends thought I was absolutely insane for making videos and putting them on the internet. <laughs> I started my YouTube channel in 2007. Um, and that it's important to the story because I actually met my husband on YouTube. Um, he, was, <laughs> yeah, he was making his YouTube videos. I was making mine and we collaborated much like we're doing now for this podcast where we were just making content together and then we kept talking and then the rest is history. So I like social media. As an introverted person, I found that it was very helpful to have a space where I could go and like be social when I felt like I needed to. But for the most part, I was like observing or I, I felt like I was part of communities without really having to be that active in them. Um, and so I, I have a natural in, like like love for social media. Um, but when I met my husband, so he's a Canadian and I'm American and I lived in Atlanta at the time. So I left my job at the Marriott. I actually 
didn't like it as much because it was very corporate. So you weren't even in the same town when you met your husband. <laughs> uh, not even in the same country. <laughs> so I moved to Toronto, Canada to be with him. And so with that move, that's when I started the business. Um, and it was still early days. It was 2013 when we met. So um, back then, it was just now becoming a serious consideration for a lot of corporations to be on social media. And so I instantly got into freelancing. So continuing my social media work, um, just on a smaller scale with smaller companies. Um, and that's kind of how I got my start in doing it for other companies. And, you know, in the beginning, it did feel a lot like I didn't understand why people would pay for this because I had been kind of hanging out online for a while. I was like, this feels easy <laughs> in some ways. Um, but there's a huge need for it. I mean, even now, you know, we're recording this in the summer of 2020, um, you know, online businesses or even physical businesses, there's like a lot of pressure to be on social media. And so they, they want to be there and they know they need to be there, but they don't want to do it themselves. And so there's still a huge need for this type of work. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I have the impression that today, 2020, people sort of understand why, like if you're in business, if you're a company, if you have a, any kind of online presence at all, you kind of probably know now how, okay, social media there is a way to manage our social media. This isn't just me posting whatever I thought of for that day, right? And so I would imagine that today it's not a hard sell. But back when you started, was it like, did you have to convince people that there has to be a strategy? This has to be well thought out? Yeah. So when I first started, I actually found it easier to get business than it is today. Um, and I think that's because the business owners weren't as savvy. So they would just go, I need someone to handle my Facebook. And I would just show up. And there actually wasn't as much strategy behind it mm -hmm. as there is now. So they were like, looks great. <laughs> and that was it. Um, so where my experience was that it was a lot easier to be like, yeah, let's give this a shot. Um, the challenge with that is that I had a lot of turnover in those early days because I was just kind of posting randomly. And I had a bit of a strategy, but it wasn't fully formed yet. And especially working with industries that I wasn't familiar with, there was a lot of testing involved. And so my kind of client retention rate wasn't as high. Um, whereas I developed a strategy over the years. So now it does take a bit more to get businesses on board, I find. Um, they know they need it, but they really want to make sure they see a result from it more so than before. Yeah. So I find that the result focus, you have to be able to prove that you're going to get them like really add to their business in some way. Um, and so that, that part's a little bit more challenging, but I find it more fun as well. So when you, when you first started out, um, were you thinking this is a creative kind of work where I need to be very good with the aesthetics and the look and the creative um, artwork? Or is this more like I have to be strategic and I have to emphasize the strategy or the marketing element? Like what was, what were you kind of focusing on initially? 
So I have a degree in English literature. So my initial focus was actually on the writing of the post, which falls under creativity. Um, and so I definitely took a more creative approach to it. Like um, some of my earlier clients, I have quite a bit of lawyers. Um, and so they were like, we, we need someone who's not a lawyer to take our jargon and like put it on social media in a way that makes sense to the average person. Um, and so that's really where I found my space in the early days is um, communicating with consumers in a way that they understand um, but not, not as strategic as I am these days. So it was definitely more of like, almost like a translation of like, here's what's on your website. Here's what you're all about. Now let's put it on social media and still have it mesh with everything else that's going on social media and still be accurately reflecting your brand. I was talking with someone actually, a close acquaintance of mine, and she was telling me how she could never get into this role because she's not creative. And she, I, I don't think she was talking in terms of copy or the written word. She was talking in terms of the aesthetic, you know, the look and feel of what you post, like the photos or the graphics. And she was saying how she's not creative enough. Can you talk a little bit about that? There is definitely some elements to that because when you're designing for social media, you're almost creating like mini flyers for the companies that you work for. Um, and so there is an element of that. But I I am not a designer. I barely know Photoshop. And so I found... Um, using tools like Canva, canva.com. I built my whole business on that. So I would use templates in there as a guideline. I would even purchase, like a lot of people sell templates that are editable. Um, so I would purchase them from designers that I could like tweak for my um, clients. Um, and then one of my very first hires was uh, someone who could help me with the graphics. So when I got onboarded a new client, I would have a designer come in and like set it up for me so that I could just do simple things like change out what the text said or add in different photos and things. Um, and so that was in the early days, one of the first things that I outsourced because it is a huge part of it. And my, my work has definitely improved as soon as I outsource that piece. When, when people hire you now, do you, do you start with well, I guess it's soup to nuts. It's like strategy and like, what do we post? When do we post? How it looks? What we write? Is that, is that the work? Yes. And that's the, it, typically the first phase of working with a client is that I'm going to dig into their brand and see what they're all about and see what they already have and then translate that into social media. So what it looks like, what it sounds like, um, how people communicate with the brand, how they communicate with themselves in other communities, possibly um, it, little things too, like what is the Facebook cover photo going to look like? Um, what is the Instagram bio going to say? Um, so all of those little things happen in phase one of working with a new client. And then the ongoing work, we, we're definitely tweaking and editing along the way. Um, but it's it should be fairly solidified by that like first phase of working with someone. Gotcha. So you've been doing this for quite a bit now. And obviously, you know, you've grown into this space from like a, a freelancer on your own to not, you now have an agency with people that you work with. Where do you see yourself like growing 
further along, like two, three years from now, where do you see this uh, going or growing? I've been thinking about this a lot because the natural, I think, um, uh, assumption is that you're going to continue to grow the agency. And I am quite happy with the size of the agency as it is, um, because I like the strategic role. Um, I don't really see myself so much in like um, a traditional CEO type role where, you know, I'm just signing papers and I don't even know who my clients are. Um, And so for me, I still am very hands-on with my clients' work. Um, and so we have 20 clients right now and I'm, we're pretty set. Like, I don't want to go above that. In 2017, we had 40 clients and that was way too many. So I've kind of shrunk, shrunk it down over the years, um, and done more for my clients. So I may bring on more partners. Like I said, this year we hired a Facebook ad strategist on the team so we can offer more services to the same clients. Um, so where I see it growing for me is actually in the teaching and training side. So I, um, I'm teaching other social media managers and virtual assistants how to do this work, um, but also teaching small business owners how to do it for themselves if they're not yet ready to hire out To DIY themselves. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, fantastic. So are you doing that now or that's still in the planning stages? I'm doing it now. So I launched my program two years ago. Um, It's called the Savvy Social School. Um, And it is a membership program. And I designed it with the idea that um, small business owners especially can just come in, learn what they need, and then go implement it. Um, But it's always there as a resource for them to come back to if they need to. Um, And including things like, you know, we talked about the design. So part of the program is I have designs for different industries that you can just take and like add your logo, change it to your colors and go on from there. Um, so that's, that's really where I see the growth, like in two or three years. Right now we have 120 students. I'd love to see that number to like 500 students in three years. That would be absolutely fantastic. How con- well, I don't know if concern is not the right word, but how aware do you have to be or do you feel that you have to be with respect to new platforms like any (laughs) the next Facebook or whatever it is like new platforms that are coming up I'm getting this question a lot because of TikTok TikTok's one of the newer ones um but the advice that I've been giving, especially to small and medium-sized business owners, is not to worry about it. Um, there are so many people on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. Like You have lots of opportunity on those platforms. Um, if you are already creating video content, let's say you create videos for YouTube, then there are some ways you can re-edit those for TikTok. Um, and that could be another way to reach more people. Um, if you're in the influencer space, like let's say um, you're like a beauty influencer or something like that, there's areas on TikTok for you to kind of find your your people and connect. Uh, but for the majority of us, it's too soon. So let the marketers figure it out uh, first. Uh, but I am planning on producing a course probably in 2021 on TikTok on how to use it as a small business owner. But it's still so new. I'm still figuring out myself. Um, it's a lot of fun, but it's quite a lot of work. <laughs> well, um, be- because of your business, do you have to learn these things fast and quickly? And right, because I guess your clients are going to look to you and they're going to go, 
Andrea, what do you think about this? Do I have to get there? So you have to have a point of view. So you have to actually at least get in there and see how it's going, right? Absolutely. So I, I'm on all the platforms. Um, but you know, you know, part of this too, I think this is something that I teach to my my um, I have a mentorship program for social media managers. Um, like they're working with clients as well. And part of our job, because this is so new, is to say, this is new. Let's learn it together, you know, um, because it just moves so quickly. And I mean, even Facebook looks different right now, right? Like they're rolling out the different platform. So it's things like that where it's okay to show up to a client as a professional and say, hey, listen, this changed. So we're going to figure it out together. And I'm on your side. I'm on your team to like, help you get there. Um, so we kind of have to have that level of humbleness when it comes to social media, because they're constantly changing it up on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you actually cover, obviously, you cover the big ones, right? The Facebook, the Instagram. And then do you cover also LinkedIn and Pinterest and all these things as well and Twitter and stuff? Yeah. Yes, we do it all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and soon TikTok, if it survives. <laughs> if it survives. It's kind of a, under scrutiny a little bit right now. And um, they're like the U.S. government is looking at whether they even want to allow it as an app. Um, so once that kind of gets resolved, um, I think we'll know whether it's a, a viable platform or not. If you are thinking that social media management may be a career possibility for you, Andrea suggests getting your feet wet by jumping in there now and playing around with social media. So I would start playing around on social media yourself and start observing opportunities um, that that you can see yourself contributing to. Um, so for me, in the early days, it was Facebook. I actually had a Fiverr gig, which is how I started, like one of the ways I started my business, where I would write Facebook posts for people for $5. And so for me, that was a great way to see if I liked it or not to get started. And it was a great starting point for clients. Like if they wanted one Facebook post, they probably need more. And so I just started the conversation with them about how they can get started. Um, if you're looking for this um, role within a, within a company, I think being honest about starting is great, but you have to get out there and start learning. There's a lot of free resources. Um, for example, Facebook has their Blueprint course. It's absolutely free. Just Google Facebook Blueprint and you can start learning how to use that platform. Um, other places like Hootsuite and HubSpot have free courses on social media management as well. So start looking around and learning through some of those courses as well. Um, and as you're learning, you can see if you like it or not. Um, and oftentimes, because social media is so new, I think most people are willing to take a bit of a flyer on it uh, versus other roles. Um, so now is the time. Like If you want to get started in it, now is the time. Um, yeah, it's the time. And, and um, lastly, I'll say one of the things I, I teach to my mentees is to just be excited and interested um, in in what you're doing. Um, I think that that is a necessary way to get business or even to become uh, join a team as this um, as this role. Um, because even if you're inexperienced, that sort of passion is actually hard to find. Um, and so a lot of people will um, 
will want to work with you if you can show them that you're interested in what they have to offer. Um, I know you have a number of people working with you. I don't know. I don't think they do the same things. Like they have different sort of roles or angles that they focus on. Do you mind talking about the different sort of roles that you have in your team? So I would consider myself the social media strategist. So I handle a lot of the the big concepts and the overall strategies and as well the reporting for our clients. Um, And my team does a lot of the implementation side. So I've got three account managers and my account managers handle the day-to-day posts. So I tell them what to post and when to post it. And they're the ones actually writing the captions, um, you know, working with a graphic designer to create the images and posting it. Um, Account managers are also managing the inboxes and the comments that come in. They're helping put together reports. Um, They're helping with um, client communication as well. So, um, for instance, right now it's challenging because we're in a pandemic. So, um, you know, things can change. Right now we're dealing with back to school. So a lot of my clients would have back to school sales or things like that. So we're figuring out how to approach those sorts of things on social media. Um, So I have three account managers. I have a graphic designer who supports them. She creates a lot of our like templates in Canva, or if we need more complex graphics, she'll just create them. Um, I have a general assistant. Um, she handles, she actually has a lot of overlap with what I do in the coaching and training side of the business. So she handles a lot of that. Um, but then she also handles, um, she's kind of like a fill-in person for any of the account managers as they go on vacations and things like that. Um, and she does a lot of the research. So hashtag research, um, keyword research for YouTube and Pinterest. Um, okay, so then I also have a um, video editor who edits down just micro videos. So um, he takes them from like, if a client makes a YouTube video or if they have a longer promo, we're creating like a shorter 30 second version for social. Um, And then I have my Facebook ad strategist. So she's one of the newer people on the team. She came on board in February. Um, And so she handles all of the Facebook ads for our clients. So um, the, their campaigns. And typically, if they have a larger campaign, I partner with another agency. Um, so we're talking like 5000 or less in ad spend on Facebook. Um, she's managing all of the ads for that. Like, is there even a part of social media management that your agency doesn't have? It looks like you provide everything that could possibly be needed, right? Yeah, pretty much everything. Um, there are certain things that there are certain things that can be a bit more challenging. Um, wh- there's two that come to mind. One of them is influencer marketing, which is almost like a subset of social media management, where you're sourcing influencers on Instagram, and especially if you're like an e-commerce pr- brand, you're sending them products to try, and they're tagging you. And um, we have one client who we do that for, but I work with another agency and outsource that um, because it, it's just very time consuming. Um, and then the second one that's also time consuming is Facebook group management. Um, so especially for larger groups, like 20,000 or more members, it can be a lot to moderate those groups. So typically what I recommend to my clients is actually more beneficial and cost effective for them to hire a virtual assistant who's like, whose job is to manage that. And then I'm working with the virtual assistant because they can just be in there for more hours in a day. 
Um, and I can, I can still handle like the reporting and the strategy, but oftentimes having somewhat like that being someone's job is a lot better for groups of, of that size. This is an industry in and of itself. I mean, for real, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing all these things, Andrew. I really, really appreciate you peeling, you know, back the curtains for, for me today. Um, last question. Given where things are these days, it's all kind of up in the air and we don't know what the heck's happening next. <laughs> what are you looking forward to the most these days? Mm, yes. So on a personal level, my husband and I just got a new house. So did you get it before the pandemic or during? During. During. Oh my goodness. Yes. We, um, we sold our house in April and we got this new one in June. So it was, we're still like, we were back ordered on furniture because every, like all the warehouses and things are behind, but you know what? We're enjoying the space. <laughs> Um, but on a, on the business level, um, I'm really enjoying helping other people start their social media management businesses. I definitely see that more of a focus going into the upcoming years, especially since I feel like I'm set with my current client load. I really want to help other people, um, kind of build their own business and have this like sort of flexibility where you can be anywhere and work anywhere with any business. Um, so that's, that's kind of what gets me excited about what's coming up next. I hope you found this conversation with Andrea Jones useful. Maybe this got you thinking about the possibilities in the social media space. Remember what Andrea said. Now is the time. Just jump in there, start playing around, and get curious about emerging opportunities. So we mentioned a number of resources and links today. You're going to want to head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast for all the links and the highlights of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode or like listening to the podcast, please share it with your friends. Tell them about this episode or about the season that we're having. They're going to thank you for it. And so will I, of course, because it helps tremendously when you help spread the word. Next week, we're turning our lens on another role within social media, the ad specialist. And we're chatting with Julie O'Hara, who strategizes and manages Facebook and Instagram ads for her clients. If you're into numbers and data analysis, this may be an exciting role for you. The best way to not miss that episode and all future episodes is to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that using the app that you're using right now to listen to this episode, or if you happen to be listening to this on the website, right around the audio player, you're going to see some options for podcast apps as well. Okie dokie. I'll be back next week with Julie O'Hara. Until then... Stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans.